Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jerry, and you are listening to the Dulos Podcast. And with me today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Yvonne, and she is part of a really cool group here in Tampa that I admire. Um, they are a group that helps out families and children here in the Tampa Bay area, and it's called Guardian Ad Litem. And um, so today I'm going to ask her kind of really how she got involved, what the program does, how we can help, how the program helps families. And um, so, yeah, just pretty much just get to know Yvonne and, and get to know the, the, the group, the program here in Tampa. Um, so I just want to give a little disclaimer uh, as we're recording. Um, Yvonne uh, informed me that she's in a uh, packed house right now. So you might hear some. Uh, some background chatter, but it uh, should be okay. But I just want to give that disclaimer. Um, so, but with all that said, um, Yvonne, would you like to introduce yourself uh, really quick? Kind of, are, are you from here in Tampa? And then we can go into how you got involved with the Garden Ad Litem. Absolutely. Thanks, Jerry. My name's Yvonne Maroney, and um, I was born and raised here in Tampa. Um, actually born in Fort Pierce, but raised in Tampa, um, went to school here, actually a third generation Floridian. Um, so my father and grandmother were both born here in Florida. So kind of a rarity. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I started volunteering with the guardian ad litem program in 2008. So I started as a volunteer and just got so involved with the program that just couldn't walk away from it. Okay. Now, uh, we'll mention briefly, then we can get into it more. But can you, within the, you know, take about 20, 25 seconds and and summarize, you know, what they do? But we'll get into it more as the episode progresses. But can you briefly share exactly what Guardian Ad Litem does? Absolutely. We advocate for children that are in foster care. And we do that with volunteers. Okay, and then um, so it, it's a uh, is it con- it's considered nonprofit? Is that what it's considered? Or we're actually a state agency, so our program is statewide in every judicial circuit. Okay, we do have a nonprofit, Voices for Children, that raises funds for us to help make up the difference where we our state funding lacks. So okay. we're very fortunate to have a very active nonprofit that helps out. Okay, cool. So then, with the um, with the program, like you said, you, you, you know, it, it helps families. It's it's an advocate uh, group. Um, so that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. But what I want to ask Yvonne is to, if you can share your, you know, if you don't mind sharing your personal story about really, you know, how did you get involved with the program? Um, I know you mentioned you, you know, two thousand eight. So that was eleven years ago at this point. So you know, take us back to 2008, you know, were you introduced to it? How did you hear about it? And, um, and then kind of, yeah, then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, um, it just seemed like every time I turned a corner or turned on a radio station or opened a newspaper that I was hearing something about the Guardian Ad Litem program and the good work that they were doing with the children, um, in our community. And I really had come to a point where I felt like, I needed to give back to the community. Our family had been uh, very blessed. We were fortunate enough to have two very healthy grandchildren at that time. And I just felt like I needed to give back. 
um, one Saturday morning, opened the newspaper, and there again was another article about a volunteer doing good work with a child here in the, in the local community. And so I said, got the hint, I will uh, go ahead and take the divine intervention here. And I made the call, and I think I shared, you know, I made the call on a Saturday morning, so now the ball was in their court. So if they didn't call me back, well, they must not need volunteers bad enough. So first thing Monday morning, I got the call, and I, I began the process. You know, it's not an easy process. It's a pretty detailed process, but since you're working with children, I totally understood, you know, I understood why it needed to be so detailed. Um Left to enter an interview, a long application, references, um, a background screen, all those things that you know you would expect to have to do to work with children. So, for anyone listening, uh, a newspaper is something that people used to read. <laughs> you know, it's That's true. <laughs> Back in the olden days. <laughs> Back in the olden days, in two thousand eight, you know, we would right. um, we would open the newspaper. They delivered it in front of your house. exactly so um all right so then so would you say growing up or you know you had mentioned you were blessed with you know with two grandkids i mean was that something you grew up with with just like a giving uh nature just like uh you know was that something that was you know pretty much instilled in you uh is that just part of your personality like i got to give back you know is that how you felt Yes and yes. I mean, I think that um, it was definitely instilled in us as as children that you know, if there was somebody that needed something that we could help them with, we were we were encouraged to help. My parents were always helping somewhere, some doing something. They volunteered, whether it was coaching a, a ball team or or um, you know, volunteering at the school where where any of us kids went. Um, and and I think I I tried to do that with my son. He, you know, I was homeroom mom and, and, you know, team mom. And <laughs> I, I think I even, um, you know, I think I was a Cub Scout leader at some point, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, not a very good one. I can tell you, I was not a very good Cub Scout leader. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, that just wasn't my gig. <laughs> right. Right. Give me a ball field and I'm good. Um, <laughs> but that was something that we all, you know, we tried to do. And I think, um, I had gotten caught up in the corporate world. Uh, I was a regional sales manager for, um, you know, a paint company, and I just was, you know, busy. And I had decided that I, I needed to uh, invest in my community. I couldn't sit back and watch the news and complain about how things were going if I wasn't willing to put some skin in the game. That, that's awesome. I And, you know, my kids are 8 and 10, and they're at an age now where, we're trying to find opportunities for, you know, for all of us to volunteer mm-hmm. and, uh, and just to instill in them like you need it. You need to serve the community. And so, um, you know, try to just let that be almost like second nature to them. You know, like it's it's important to be involved and stuff. And and I know for me, I, I was never really involved, act you know, like as an activist until probably the last couple of years. And um, and it's cool, you know, just to kind of be out there and, and serve in the community. But now we're trying to, um, you know, get the kids involved and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, and they don't complain. I mean, we, we've done a few things here and there. They do complain when I tell them to fold their laundry. But, you know, that's a battle. But, um, but no, I mean, that, that, that's awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's cool that, that you felt like, you know, you need to give back. So 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So you went from being a volunteer to now you are employed there, right? You work there now, right? I do. I do. I started in a grant position um, and they needed a recruiter. I kind of had aspirations that I thought I could be a headhunter. And, <laughs> um, and so I gave it a shot. What I didn't realize is, you know, I just thought it would be so simple to go out and tell people what I was doing and why I was doing it and the need. And I just thought that, like, everyone was going to jump on the bandwagon and come with me. And it doesn't happen quite like that, you know. It's really intimidating when you tell people they're going to have to go to court. And especially if they're, you know, not used to, if they're not attorneys, the first thing they think is, oh, I have to be an attorney. No, you don't have to be an attorney. Um, And then they're intimidated by the whole court process. And I think going downtown, believe it or not, is pretty intimidating for a lot of folks. And where am I going to park? And is it safe? And all those different things. And so it's breaking through all of those walls and stereotypes that you have to get through to really get to the heart of what it is we do as as volunteer child advocates. And then uh, with... You know, with that said, um, I can testify that, you know, I've, I've been doing this podcast for about, you know, two years. But average, I mean, it's it's going to be more active now but because I have a little bit more time in my hands. But average, average about one month, one episode per month. And it's hard finding people just to do an episode because, you know, wow. I've reached out. You know, so I was thankful that thankful to you that you replied. But I've reached out to so many groups and. It's either I get no reply or people are just like, no, I'm not interested, you know, because I'm just a nobody, you know, with the podcast. But, you know, but it's it's just interesting that to me, I just assumed, oh, yeah, everyone's going to want to record an episode. But you'll be surprised how many people are like, no, I don't want to go on record or no, I don't want to talk. about, You know, and so I just assume, well, why not? You know, you can be on a podcast and stuff. And um, but uh, so I, I know what you mean with that. But but I've also, too, have done charity work as well where it is a thankless job you know where um you're just not like people aren't you know you're not getting not that i was expecting the red carpet treatment but like i've done hurricane relief work in in uh, in mississippi and you know and the people could care less you know like it that we were there and and it was just a wake-up call you know i was younger i was i was naive and and thought Hey, we're here, you know, kind of like the savior syndrome. And it just it just wasn't like that at all. But but no props to you, because now you kind of go out and you try to recruit volunteers, right? I do. I do. As a volunteer, um, as the community outreach coordinator, we go into the community. We talk to groups. We talk to individuals. We are always looking for opportunities to partner with other folks to get the word out about the program because we are a state agency we don't have a whole lot of um marketing funds basically no marketing funds so (laughs) you know somebody like yourself when you you know sent me a message about doing a podcast i was like oh heck yeah i'll do a podcast you know that's free advertising (laughs) right you know and and that's what it's that's what it's about and to me it i mean i want to talk to people about the program because if if you can't volunteer I get it. But what you can do is share it. And so, you know, that's what I tell people all the time. I'll give you a great example. Every Monday morning, I go to the courthouse for jury pool. So that's when they bring everybody in for jury duty. And, you know, everybody has to sit there and wait to be called to see if they're going to be on a jury. So we call it 
fishing in a barrel. So I go in, you know, and I, I give them, you know, like a five minute quick presentation about the program. And I tell them, Hey, if it's not for you, thank you so much for listening. And, you know, for at least looking up and giving me a smile. Um, but if it, if, Take a brochure, maybe, or or at least mention it over dinner, and then maybe someone else will think about it. Wow, there you go. So you're you're catching them right there in the courthouse, <laughs> planting seeds. Planting like seeds. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, so you recruit volunteers. Now, can you go into um, kind of go into more detail about what guardian ad litem? does like you mentioned it, it okay, okay it advocates for you know for children can you kind mm-hmm. of explain wh- what that is what you know so sure so our volunteers um here in hillsborough county there's um more children in care than any other county across the state so unfortunately we have more cases and more children than we have volunteers to cover so our volunteers get to choose the case that they want to work with. So they might choose an age group or maybe they're going to choose a location close to where they work or where they live so that it's convenient for them to volunteer. On average, our volunteers give between 10 and 12 hours a month. So it's not a huge commitment, but it is a pretty, a pretty involved commitment. And so our volunteers visit the children at least once a month. So they have to see them at least once a month. Um, they see them where they are. So they're typically are the children that we work with are in a foster home. They might be with a relative or a family friend. And then we might have some children in a group home. It just depends on the situation. Once they visit those children, you know, they, they talk with them. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of our kids, you're not going to get a whole lot of warm and fuzzy from them because you're one more person that they have to talk to. So it's a, a process of building trust with these children. And imagine how hard that might be if the person that was supposed to take care of you and do for you and be there for you and keep you safe was the one hurting you. So to build trust with these children takes consistency, doing what you say you're going to do, and being there when you say you're going to be there. So visit the children, write a report that comes back to our program in the court, and You know, just talk with anyone and everyone that has to do with those children, teachers and parents, um, doctors, just depends on the situation for each case. Okay, so uh, so you had mentioned that the volunteer can choose their own case. So Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it sounds like. Like you like let's say if I'm if I'm interested, you know, I, Uh I sign up and I go through, you know, any type of steps necessary and then and then they pick a case. So. I'm assuming, is it one case per volunteer? Normally, that's what we ask you to start with. We (laughs) do have some volunteers. You know, it's a volunteer gig. Right, right. (laughs) If you'll take one, maybe you'll take two. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We do have some volunteers who have more than one case. But one case is really all that we ask. Okay. Um, And we do cases by the mother. So if mom has two or three kids, then all of those kids are in one case. Oh, okay. So like mm-hmm. uh, so siblings are yes. considered one case. Okay. Siblings have siblings. It just depends on the situation. Um, I know when we had talked before, you had mentioned. Can you can you mention again? Um, you mentioned like a statistic about the ratio of adults to to kids. Like how many? Like there's one adult per like I forget the number for kids. Am I saying that right? Does that ring a bell? Well, 
we're only able to work with about 63 to 65% of the kids that are in care. Okay. So we're able to work with about 23, 2400 kids of the over 3000 kids that are in care. Okay. And then, but like, uh, the, I guess just like the need of volunteers. So, um, we, well, we, we need volunteers about 51%. This will give you just some numbers. 51% of the children in care are male, but yet only 20% of our volunteers are male. Okay. So that's, you know, these kids need to see people that look like them. You know, it's really hard to go into a home with four boys and say, oh yeah, I really know what you're, what you're going through when I'm not a, I'm not a guy and I maybe don't know what they're going through. So, um, so we, we just need, we need volunteers that look like these kids. So we need men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, we need all, all ethnic groups, you Mm -hmm. know, um, we believe it or not, when we have a case come in where the children speak Spanish or the family speaks Spanish, we struggle to find somebody who can speak Spanish to take that case. Oh, wow. And I wouldn't think that here in, in Tampa. You yeah. know, I would think, oh, we should have a ton of Spanish speakers, but we really don't. So it's always looking for those different, you know, the, the differences that make us all together in, in, a, in a beautiful picture right. is what we need to really bring together. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's cool because like the kids come from, you know, different there's different stories for the kids. Absolutely. And it's like the volunteers can offer a different perspective as well. You know, like it's not all cookie cutter. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. Like like you said, it's people need volunteers and stuff. And and it's funny, like, you know, because I, I speak Spanish and 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 it's, it's wherever I go, it, you know, if it's if it's a, a church function or a um, a work, you know, I'm at, I get all the Spanish calls at work because you know, <laughs> you know I speak Spanish, you know, and um, and it's it's just interesting just how really much of a difference that can make. You know, it's like someone pointed out to me, they're like, by me speaking Spanish, like an entire continent is open. You know, like the fact that I can speak Spanish, like almost another side of the world is open. And yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine the, the type of help you guys would need. So um, anyone listening, I know there's plenty of people listening who speak Spanish. So um, step up, everybody. <laughs> um, well, and you know what I think, too? It's really hard. Um, I know nobody can see me, but, you know, I am blonde haired, blue eyed and, you know, mid 50 woman. And yet, you know. We need people to, when I go into a group, if I go into a Spanish church or if I go into an African-American church and I say, oh my gosh, you know, we need people like you because we have kids that look like you, you know, I don't want to, I don't ever want them to think that I'm pointing the finger at them because I'm not, I'm yeah. saying, you know, <laughs> you would be great because, you know, we have kids that look like you, so yeah. they would really... They would really identify with you, you know. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> and it never comes out right. You know? No, yeah, yeah. You mean well, right? It's yeah. Right, <laughs> we we were we did a presentation one time. I did it with this with this um, a, a new recruiter, and and she was doing this presentation, and it was in an older women's club, mm-hmm. and she said, um, "There's so much history in this room." And I'm sure it was the translation because English wasn't her first language. Okay. So, so when she said it, like, I just went, oh my God, what are we <laughs> going to do with this now? <laughs> How are we going to clean this up? <laughs> you know? 
Right. They didn't take it that she was calling them older, you know? Yeah. They took it, it was a compliment to them because they have history, you know? So I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, they took it well. That could have gone the wrong way. Because she was so genuine in her in her presentation. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I worked out because that could have been like a PR nightmare, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then, all right, so let's say, um, all right, so let, let's say someone listening, let's say, you know, I, let's say, okay, hey, I'm interested. Someone reaches out to you, says, hey, right. I'm interested. What What's the first thing I need to do? First thing you need to do is call us. You can call us at 813-272-5110. I know you said you put up the link to our website, but our website is simple. It's just gal, G-A-L, Tampa.org. So they're going to come to an information session. We hold those weekly, and they can see the schedule of those on our website. So they, they will be able to see when and where those are for the month that they're calling in. Um, after the information session, they'll fill out an application. They'll come in for an interview. We'll get them scheduled for fingerprints. And then training begins. Our training process is pretty long. It's 30 hours. Like okay. I said before, this isn't pet and puppies at the Humane Society because all those babies love you. You know, not all our babies will love you, but they'll come to love you. Right. <laughs> and so we just want to give you um, a well-rounded view of the dependency system, which is where you're going to be working in child welfare. The beauty of our volunteers is they don't know child welfare, and so they think outside the box. And that's what makes our volunteers so special. Well, that's, I was going to bring up just two things that, that, and if you could kind of clarify, that can maybe sound intimidating. Um, one, do you need do you need any prior experience? And two, can you break down with the thirty hours of training sure. how, how that breaks down? Sure. You don't need any prior experience other than having lived somewhere here on Earth, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because you're gonna, you're gonna know. You know, you're just gonna have some some experience just in in being alive and having gotten to whatever age you are when you come to volunteer with us. The thirty hours breaks down as in eight hours of it is some online training. So you do that at your leisure before class starts. Mm-hmm. Then we bring you into a classroom setting. We do three different styles of classroom setting. We do five nights from six to nine. Um, for one training session, um, our next training session would be like Saturdays. So it'd be two Saturdays um, from nine to four thirty, or we might have a hybrid, which is a Saturday and then three nights. So we we alternate those around, and then after that, we partner you up with a seasoned veteran. Um, or your child advocate manager to take you to those first, that first court hearing, the first child visit, you know, all those things that you're going to do that we'll need you to do on a regular basis. We want somebody to go with you the first time so that if you have questions or need need help with something, there's someone there. Okay. So uh, the training is very flexible then. It's not like... Um... It is flexible. The only thing... The only thing that's not flexible is you got to come to the first class first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so like if you can make every class but the first class, you can't start training that month. We need you to come to that first class first and then 
we can get in the rest of the training. So no plane hooky on the first class. You got to show up. <laughs> no, no plane hooky that first class. <laughs> All right, then. So if, um, so let's say they do the training, um, you know, and, and they feel like they're ready to conquer the world. What, what are some, you know, what can a volunteer expect when they're actually out on the field, when they're with the child? You know, from your experience, you know, what are some things to expect? You can expect to be, yeah, you can expect to be frustrated. You can expect to be overjoyed and then completely aggravated all in the matter of 30 seconds, depending <laughs> on what happens, you know? Um, all your aggravation goes away the minute the child, you know, is engages with you and, and is excited to see you. And so, you know, that second or third visit when they're excited when you come in, that makes it all worth it. So all that aggravation that you just had on the phone with somebody or not being able to get the paperwork that you needed or nobody will call you back or, you know, all those things that happen. Um, it's not personal and... The most important thing is that you're there for that child. So it'd be good to kind of have a, a consistent presence in that child, like, yes. so like stability. Yes, our volunteers are typically the most consistent adult figure these children have in their lives. Okay, that's crazy. That that is. I mean, it's right. it's like these kids have they don't have that kind of stability, and and that's one thing I I learned uh, not just as a parent, but in, in classes I took that kids need stability you know they, they need they need structure they need uh you know just like a constant constant presence and and um yeah i mean it's i, I know that as a dad and as an uncle too you know it's just it's um it, it's so true it really is so um well and, and many of our children or the majority of our children have all um experienced trauma i, I mean some in, in greater degrees than other and so I think when you're dealing with children that have been traumatized, their, their first reaction is to lash out. And we a lot of times see that as, a, you know, bad behavior or um, misbehaving. And it isn't. It, that's not what it's about. It's predictability. I know what's going to happen when I hit you. You're going to hit me back. And so when things are out of control, that's what a child will do is go back to what they know. And it's breaking that cycle so that they learn that, you know, that isn't how we do things. You know, we can use our we can use our words and not have to touch each other. And then, you know, everyone can be respectful in the process. So to um, I guess to kind of, you know, summarize it here, um, you know, you, you don't need to be a child psychologist, right, to, to volunteer. Nope. Like you, you don't need to be a, a counselor in a way. You just need to be just a presence, uh, a, a natural, organic, uh, you know, presence for this child, right? Right? Like, is that a fair, kind of fair summary of it? Because I don't want people to feel intimidated. Like, I don't know anything about kids, you know, I, I don't have kids of my own. I don't, you know, so I'm just trying to make it realistic to anyone listening who's interested, but is, is like, hey, I'm, I'm not a child psychologist, you know, <laughs> like, Neither am I. <laughs> you know, I think most importantly, you just have to be there and be in the moment. Um, I, I think most important, just be. Right. And just just be yourself, too. I think That's right. uh, my my, prefer, my personal advice from uh, 
especially having my own kids is, is kids know when you're being fake you know they mm-hmm. they sense that they know when you're being phony like a, a movie that always stands out to me uh do you remember the movie um with jim carrey liar 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 yeah. okay remember how jim carrey had that you know the inside joke with his son about the claw right you know, right. he's like, oh, it's the call, and, and and him and his son just bonded well. Well, then the the new, the stepdad, whoever, he tried to do the call with his son, and his son was just staring at him like, what are you doing, man? You know, like, it's, it's right. and the kids, because the kids sense in that movie, like, this guy's trying to, he's trying, like, he's trying to be cool, it's not happening. So I feel like, if you, yeah, like you said, if you're just you, you know, for me, I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, I'm not a, um, I'm not a guy out there, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, doing backflips and, and, uh, you know, I'm not the class clown. I'm, I'm just, I'm just really, if it's a social gathering, I'm like the one just, just quietly observing the room. You know, I'm not, Uh I'm not the center of attention. And, and I think sometimes people think, Hey, if if you're going to work with kids, you got to be over the top. You got to be Robin Williams, you know, you got to be a, 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 and it's just like, just be you, you know, <laughs> that's all. Yeah. And, I, and I learned that as a dad, like I, before I had kids, I would try to, I felt so like, I don't know what to say, you know, I don't, how do I relate to these kids? But now being a dad, it's just, man, just be, just be you, you know, <laughs> just be yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not because the kid's going to know, right? Absolutely. And you know what? They're going to respect the fact that you were there when you said you'd be there and, and, you know, they know that you genuinely care. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess to, to wrap it up, um, uh, I guess overall, like how, how can we help? So anyone listening, um, not just by volunteering, but let's say if they can't like uh, I think I mentioned to you before, but I, I tried to sign up like uh-huh. I went through the whole background check. It was funny. Um, uh, one of my references was my pastor and he texted me, he goes, hey, I, I filled out the, the reference form. He's like, so I because the program, you know, being called Guardian Ad Litem, he kind of uh-huh. texts me back and he goes, hey, I filled it out. So I guess, are you now a guardian of the galaxy? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, that's such a dad joke, you know, but I laughed, right. you know, I appreciated it. So, Absolutely. Uh, but, but I did it. The, the only thing, the only reason why I couldn't move forward is because, you know, my, my job is not flexible with the, you know, with the court dates and stuff like that. And that's not, it's not like it's weekly, but even monthly, it was hard to, to get out. So, but let's say right. it's someone like me who, wants to help these kids but really can't uh, invest in the time, what are some other ways that that they can help? Well, you can ask me to speak on your podcast. And then um, (laughs) if you don't have a podcast, you can talk to your friends about it. Or if you belong to a group, you can ask us to come in and talk to that group or your church. Um, You could hold a diaper drive at your work or at your your church or with a, a... you know, a social club that you belong to. Um, you could donate a $10 gift card to McDonald's. Do you know that, that our teens, we have, you know, so many teens in care and they just want to be normal. They just want to go with their friends and, you know, imagine not having a way to pay for, for a meal at McDonald's. So you have to tell your friends you can't go. Yeah. So, um, I tell folks all the time, you know, Hey, if you can't volunteer, but you want to do something, Drop us a $10 gift card in the mail to McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's. You know, if you did that two or three times a year, we'd be so happy. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's good. And, and we'd pass it out to a kid that, you know, 
just wants to be normal, just wants to be just, just like everyone else, you know, yeah. as normal as a teenager can be at any given time. Sure. Um, y- you know, and they're awkward to begin with. So you can do that. We do school supply drives. We do um, toys at Christmas. You know, imagine trying to buy for, you know, 2,400 kids. So you can imagine the, the Christmas list that Santa Claus looks at for us. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, any of those things, pajama drives. We do, you know, we do pajama drives. We um, collect old prom dresses and old dress clothes for guys for to get ready for the prom event. So if, you know, somebody has an old prom dress or um, what those bridesmaids dresses that they need to get rid of and, and have some um, shoes or, or anything like that, that we're always we're always looking for some for for something. And so if sure. someone calls, we can always find some some way they can help us. OK, so someone's interested and wants to know to get more information. Um, are you guys on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? We are on Facebook. Um, Guardian Ed Lightum Program of Hillsborough County is our Facebook tag or Gal Tampa. They can look at stuff like that. It okay. goes back to our, our uh, website. Um, the other social media platforms are coming. We're, we're kind of revamping. We're rebranding at the moment with the statewide office. So uh, um, other than our Facebook page, our other social media platforms have kind of been put on hold so they can get all of those put together. Because there's 20 circuits throughout the state. They're trying to bring everybody in under one umbrella. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah, like I, I'm sure um, everyone listening has a social media account. So, yeah, I'm sure they can right. reach out. It's like herding cats. You know, you just got to <laughs> try to bring everybody together, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's the website, which I'll link in the description. Um, uh-huh. And so, so yeah. So I guess to, to summarize, if, if you guys, if anyone's listening and interested um, to repeat, you know, re, re, uh, call them. I'll put the number in the description. Reach out to them on Facebook. Um, you don't have to be a, a child psychologist. You just, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be an, an expert. You don't have to be a comedian. You don't have to know all the pop culture references or anything like that. It just, they just need, they just need some stability. And, um, and I'm seriously, I'm, I'm, I love what you guys do. And, and, um, and I think you guys are out there on the front lines, just helping these kids in need, man, who, who really need, um, you know, who really need the help and, and you guys are doing it every day. So, you know, thank you to, to, you know, for what you guys do. And, and, um, so, so yeah, guys, just, um, uh, we'll wrap it up there. And, and but before we do any last minute things you want to plug in, uh, Yvonne, or you feel like just, just thank you for the time. Thank you for the exposure. Thank you for sharing our message and, and the need. Um, and, you know, I can't wait to see, um, you know, I'm reading about your podcast one day and say, hey, wait a second. I did one of those when he was just starting out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll remember the little people when I'm famous. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, well, cool. Again, Yvonne, th- thank you so much. And uh, guys, thank you for listening. Um, again, if you have any questions, uh, you know, reach out to me at the Dulos podcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook at the Dulos Podcast. So thank you again, Yvonne. And then uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.